This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys wondering, has Brian Elliott ever had moose on Thanksgiving? It seems like he would have had to have done it at least once, right? It feels right. Well, gang, it's Thanksgiving. And you know what that means. It's time to hear what Craig Forsyth is thankful for. Craig, what are you thankful for this year? I, I'm thankful that I can can write for a site where people get to listen and read what I have to say, and I get to make seven figures just talking about the Flyers. I think I'm pretty happy about that, if we're uh, being honest. I'm thankful for that. And, uh, I mean, I mean, that's about it. Uh, Steve, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Bill Peters, oh. Don Cherry. Oh, God. America. Okay. All right. Donald. All the good stuff. All the, all the best out there. Yep. Yeah. Just all, all the best. The best <laughs> around. Uh, it, it, we will get to the Peters thing. That is Yeah, terrible. we'll talk more about the Peters uh, thing a little bit. We will talk about that later. But no, seriously, I am uh, thankful to have a, a fun podcast with... Uh, a, a pretty good co-host, pretty, pretty, pretty good co-host, a hockey organization that respects me enough to steal my best ideas, except <laughs> for the goal song. And, you know, I, I think uh, not Dave Haxtell as coach. Oh, man. You know what? I do want to add that one on there. I do want to also say I'm happy that I do this podcast with my best friend and, you know, definitely my best friend. Uh, and, oh. uh I'm also happy that Dave Haxtell, yeah, is not involved in any of our lives anymore. I think we should all be thankful for that. For uh, at this moment, know. at at this moment, Craig's lifelong best friend is seething with rage listening to this. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, just uh, I've uh, given you everything <laughs> and maybe shirts. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for a lot of stuff. I got a well, it's pretty dope. Got a lot of cool stuff going on. That's all I got to say about that. Making millions, talking about the Flyers, talking about. Jake Voracek getting oh, blocked by Jake Voracek. All the best. All the best. I mean, your boy, uh, he, he did have a pretty good week. Although this wasn't the week he predicted him to do well, but he did. Well, that's why he had a good week. Yeah, he did start turning around. He's had a couple good games. I just, I had to get him started up. You know, I had to give him that confidence. And he's like, all right, I can make one killer assist this week, but then <laughs> next week I'll step it up. Next week, I'll start scoring the goals and look normal again. So, and uh, well, and then tonight, we should probably just start with the win, right? Just talk about the win tonight. A good old, uh, good old three to two win over the Blue Jackets in Columbus. And the you know, I'm all about those wins, all about those W's, all about the dubs or the beaches. So, uh, let's talk about a uh, good old Columbus real quick. Uh, fourth time the Flyers have ever won in Columbus, third regulation win against the Blue Jackets in Columbus. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, are you serious? There's no way. Oh, that that little wins? Yeah. Uh, They went a while, Stephen, without getting a win. They went... This franchise uh, is not good. Like, this is is a franchise... (laughs) It's been in their division for a couple years, and it's never... Like, at best, they've been pretty okay. They've never been good. This is... I, I, I am stunned. 
Yeah, and uh, but apparently it is. I mean, they they won in overtime a couple of years ago out there. I believe it was Couturier in a two to one game. That was February of 2016, and that ended a 11 game, 11 year drought where they couldn't win in Columbus. Uh, and going back to the, uh, I wanted to uh, remember some guys here, so we'll talk about the other two regulation wins they have in Columbus. So the first one, second one, most recent one before this one, uh, December 13th win in 2005. Uh, the game went Jan Hardina scored for the Blue Jackets before Peter Forsberg tied it up. Jeff Carter gave the Flyers in the le- uh, lead in the second, and then Sammy Kapanen scored an empty net goal. So look at all those names. And then the first time... I was going to ask, what year could that possibly be? And how about the once-and-future king of Columbus, Jeff Carter? Jeff Carter scoring on his future team, uh, the team he doesn't want to remember he played for. <laughs> that's uh, That's what happened then. And then the first regulation win the Flyers ever had was the first meeting between the two teams in Columbus on December 29th of 2000. Jody Hole tied the game at one in the first period off helpers from Kent Manderville and Peter White. And then Keith That Freeman. is a flyperbole all-star lineup that right is, there. Yeah, that is the scoring line that only you and I could dream of. And uh, apparently it happened in real life and we probably saw it. So, And then Keith Primo scored late in the second to respond to goals from Serge Aubin and Pateri Numelin before Mark Recchi scored twice in the third period. So those those are some players that aren't employed to play hockey anymore, except for Jeff Carter. I was going to say, is Mark Recchi still in the league floating around? Because <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. No, he's been uh, – he, he was an assistant in Pittsburgh for a while. I don't, I don't know if he's still there. He might still be. But I mean, it felt like that guy played until he was 69 years old. Oh, he was – yeah, I think he was uh, 95 when he was on the Bruins when they won back in 2011. And still chipped in offensively, but that that's uh, that's how often the Flyers went out in Columbus. Not often, and you just illustrated why that's surprising because most of the time they do suck. Uh, before they had Panarin and Bob and Shane, they really, again, weren't that great of a team. Uh, teams that will make the playoffs but not going anywhere. So there's really no rhyme or reason as to why they've sucked so much playing the Blue Jackets in Columbus. But just one of those weird things. Uh, and then looking at some other things, Lawton snapped a 23 goal, uh, 23 game goal drought tonight. Uh, his first goal of the year. His first Psycho killer. <laughs> I, was, I saw that and I was looking for a talking heads meme, but I couldn't find it. Uh, and then his last goal came on March 14th, 2019 against the caps. And, uh, did you see the new picture going around of him, Steve, the new meme of his face? That was definitely going to happen. Oh, I have not. I tweeted it out from the account tonight. Uh, he, I think he was doing um, a hockey fights cancer like photo shoot, and he just he gave us more material for the whole Scott Lawton is potentially a serial killer ammo. <laughs> he just had like the worst face. He had a very scary face, and uh, it, it fits into what we've kind of created about Scott Lawton. Um, I'm gonna look this up right now. Oh yeah, take a look. And then uh, Brian Elliott had a pretty good game. Brian Elliott and honestly Tyler Pitlick had a pretty decent game tonight, which is kind of surprising to say. It had a really good game. A uh, really good Excuse goal. Excuse me? Yeah, I know. Right? Tyler Pitlick? <laughs> yeah, he, he stopped looking some pits tonight, and he actually did some things. He, uh, he had a goal. It was pretty good. Had some nice plays on the four check. Also had a pretty decent chance in the third. In the third, after he got a turnover in the O-zone and then had a shot that almost went top corner. So he, pretty good. Uh, and then Brian Elliott had a pretty huge night because the Flyers kind of stopped playing. Uh, after the second period, and he bailed the team out a lot on a lot of high-danger chances down the stretch, had a ridiculous skate save on Sonny Milano, I think, and then uh, a couple other saves where the Flyers... I I mean, the Flyers were asking to 
to get scored on there that have the game tied up. And Brian Elliott was like, I, I got to get out of here. I got things to do. I also wanted to point out the, the Brian Elliott stick handling. The dude, every once in a while, just gets fucking nuts with the puck. And he just, one of every time, 10 times he gets it this season, he's like, you know what? I'm about to retire. Let's see if this is the play I can take it from crease to crease and score. Like, he just put the puck on the ice and was trying to flip a puck uh, pass up ice and it just got broken up. But he just, the man has a knack for sometimes getting in trouble with the puck. Uh, I don't know how he, it's a little too hyper with the puck every once in a while. Well, when I think of somebody getting into trouble, I think of Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott, the, the craziest guy. Number one rule breaker, Brian Number Elliott. Number one. Number one rule breaker, easily. So I just looked up the Lawton picture, and has anybody photoshopped that into the Shining Here's Johnny scene yet? Oh no, but you can. You're going to be the first. I feel like that's that's what's going to happen. If I don't, if I don't go immediately to sleep after this podcast, that's what I'm doing. Oh hell yeah, that's that's what the people want to see tomorrow. <laughs> that's what we need. That's what we've been waiting for. Uh, also, I mean, going off of more things the people need. Uh, JJ may have dropped a new Katoria nickname that you and I uh, may call him from now on. He said he called him Dr. Katoria because whoever he plays with uh, seems to cure their scoring woes. And what he meant by that was Jake Voracek looks better after playing with him for a couple games, which is fine. And I agree with that Katoria does that. I just like the Dr. Katoria approach. So then he's I'm all about. I'm all about Dr. Katoria. Doctor of Love. <laughs> just each time he's shutting somebody down defensively, they're getting medicated, or like he's setting up assists, he's uh, handing out prescriptions. I, I, there's a lot of potential with Dr. Couture. I'm a big he fan hits of a guy Couture. in the corner. Dr. Couture is going to see you in his office. <laughs> uh, so, but I Dr. Wanna... Couture is writing a prescription for pain. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, oh, Brian Elliott stopped 20 to 30 tonight, too. I do want to throw that out there. Uh, JVR did not score, but, or I mean, uh, yeah, JVR didn't score. Katori also didn't score. Uh, but my JVR point was going to be after, after Limblon, Katori, and Voracek, uh, run kind of ends here. I think JVR should be the next one to pop up onto that line. IMO. Cause, uh, his scoring drive is not going to end. It's not going to end on the fourth line. Like he's not going to. I don't think he's going to be ending that drought with Tyler Pitlick and Ralph Lewis as line mates, even though tonight, I mean, they looked fine. And him on the fourth line, I guess, does kind of let them roll four lines. But if we want to see JVR, the goal scorer, actually score some goals, I think he needs to be in the top six. I think the uh, the fourth line action is going to help him. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, and I understand there's a there's a fair pushback to why he shouldn't just be brought up right now. And I get that because he hasn't been producing and, you know, AV kind of has to send a message of like, Hey, you're not really doing what you're doing right now. And I think a lot of it is he just isn't, he's not finishing or he's getting unlucky, whatever you want to call it. Cause he, for the article I wrote on Tuesday, he had the biggest difference in actual goals scored compared to how many expected goals he has, you know, the, 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 how, what, whatever, high danger chances he gets he's supposed to he's on pace for like 8.62 goals he only has four the minus 4.62 differential is the worst in the league at the moment i think only one other player has minus four between the number of goals they actually have and how many expected goals they've like accrued and that's mikhail backland on the, the flames so i think he's just being unlucky i think he's just been unlucky so far uh 
I think it's also fair for AV to kind of point out that he hasn't really been producing or kind of put him on the fourth line to maybe piss him off or motivate him or something. But whenever there's a, another another rough stretch for the Flyers offensively, I think he's going to pop back up on that line with Katori and Lindblom because he's got to score goals. I, I mean, he, he's getting chances and everything, but he was he is here to score goals. And I know it's I know it's irritating everybody, but he just it's going to come eventually. We just don't know when. And it's not, I don't think it's going to come when he's on the fourth line. No, definitely not going to come when he's the fourth on the fourth line. And, you know, maybe Dr. Couturier has got the prescription. Dr. Couturier is scribbling <laughs> all over the crease and nobody knows what he's trying to write because he is in fact a doctor. He's a doctor with a hockey stick and no pens or paper. So it's going to get weird. Uh, JVR Couturier Konechny. How's that feel? JVR Couturier Konechny. I, can get behind that. Although I, my main concern would be, is Couturier going to have to do too much defensively? Uh, no, man. I mean, it's Couturier. I mean, he'll do, he'll, he'll be fine. No, that's a fair argument. I, I, that's why another one for me would be Limblom, Couturier, and JVR. Maybe JVR on that wing maybe isn't the best idea, but if he wants to play with two guys that pretty much clear the way for the third the third player to kind of score it would be Limblom and Couturier. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see what else happened tonight. Uh, Josh Anderson well, got away with... Oh, wait, what's wasn't up? It, wasn't it a milestone game for JVR tonight? It was a 700, 700? game, yeah. Uh, and I, I did not have time to look up his uh, career stats. But 700 game and he's kind of in a goal slump. So that's what we got going on for JVR. <laughs> I, Huzzah! Yeah, so... Uh, I was going to talk about Josh. Do you see Josh Anderson's uh, spear on Limblom that apparently they only called a slashing minor? This is one of the only other things I wanted to talk tonight. Talk about. Oh yeah, just you know, t- totally perfectly normal, fine thing to do. Yeah, just uh, a good old stick blade right to the right to the ribs, right in front of the ref in the neutral zone. Two minutes for slashing. I, I mean, it looked like a pretty blatant spear, but I, you know, I don't know. It's whatever, I guess. That that's the. Tonight they looked pretty pretty good. Kind of sat back in the third period a bit. Relied on Elliott to uh, bail him out. Started the game pretty sloppy, uh, and then once they got scored on, kind of ride the ship from the first goal against to the end of the the first period. Did pretty well in the second period, and then uh, hung on in the third. So hopefully, I think another thing I'm worried about now, Steve, is uh, they played pretty well defensively tonight, and a player that looked. I mean, he did have a bunch of noticeable plays tonight. Was Robert Hag, and that I think means that Shane Gossespear is going to remain out of the lineup, which, again, is fair. But I want to see Shane get back out there and start riding the ship. I think it can happen soon. I think he just kind of needed a reset, like everybody was talking about, and it's a mental thing with Ghost and a lot of its confidence. Uh, I don't know how many games you have to sit out to kind of help with that, but three games with potentially kind of taking his mind off it with a holiday here. I think Friday or Saturday, he is hopefully back in the lineup and kind of looks more pissed off and a little more confident in his uh, offensive moves. And maybe we'll start seeing the old ghost again, but I, I mean, tonight Hag looked fine to me. Uh, he blocked a shot on an open net in the first period. He had a pretty huge hit on Sonny Milano in the second period that actually I think I possession back for the Flyers. If it didn't, it was an effective hit anyway. Not his usual, not a usual hag hit. And then in the second as well, he also made a pretty good 
or no, it was the third period. He broke up a two on one with a, a sliding uh, play. So he, I mean, he had a bunch of noticeable plays tonight. Definitely saved the goal at least once and also broke up an odd man rush in the third. So uh, can't really complain about Hag's play tonight, in my opinion. I, I'll have to watch the highlights again and go back and look a little bit, but I didn't see anything that was terrible. It's just we know what Hag's potential is and we know what Ghost's potential is. And given that they're going to, whoever, whichever one of these two is going to play, they're probably going to be on the third pair. I really just want to see Ghost in there because you can kind of alleviate all the defensive responsibilities or zone starts or deployment you want to kind of use with the third pairing defense and you can kind of soften the blow of defensive responsibility, let them kind of take more chances up ice and kind of get involved more in the offense a little bit. And hopefully, I mean, I think it's all been confidence with Ghost. He came out and said it uh, via Bill Meltzer a couple of days ago. He said, quote, I've never battled this much playing before. I've got to figure some things out mentally and find a way to be a good teammate. That's a big part. Stay positive and get back to it. I've got to work on myself. When you get taken out of the lineup, it's not for no reason. Mentally, you're playing with a lot of crap in your mind, and you've got a lot of confidence issues. It's hard to make plays and adapt. I've got to realize how good of a player I am, and that players like me don't grow on trees. I've got to get back to that. So, again, this is all – it sounds like AV thinks it's a mental thing too, um, and it sounds – Ghost acknowledged it's just a confidence thing. So, hopefully – Hopefully, just has to sit these couple games out, and then he looks at least looks starts to look normal again. Because that's the thing is, it's not just a lack of production; he's just not looking like the same player. Well, first of all, you just hate hits and freedom, so let's start. Yeah, there. yeah that's fair. All right, you're right. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Robert Haig is a national treasure. He had 29 hits in this game alone. Now <laughs> you might have missed a lot of them. But they happened, okay? They're called micro-hits. Look it up, genius. My new favorite advanced stat, micro-hits. Micro-hits. Anticipated hits. Expected hits. Guys. Yeah. Robert Hag leads the league in expected hits. That's what. Uh, that's what's going on. But, I, I mean, what, what are your feelings on Ghost, Steve? What are you feeling? You know my feelings on Ghost. You know I think he's... Uh, a tremendous offensive talent when he's going, but he just has not looked right this year. And it, it it's probably confidence. He's He's got to get going. I, I don't want to see him sitting. His upside is just much higher than Robert Haig's. And Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, Robert Haig is a, a fine seventh defenseman, a fine seventh defenseman, but I don't think he should be in the lineup over somebody with the talent of Shane Goss to spare. So hopefully he can get back on track, but we have been saying that for about two months now. It is at the point where, as we were saying, a benching is probably justified. It's just, you hate to see it. You hate to see it, Craig. You hate to see it. And I do. And I, I just think Friday is a prime opportunity for him to get back into it because he would have had plenty of days off. Um, it, the Red Wings suck, like we talked about in the forecast, and I think we're going to be the Flyers are going to be getting Bernier to go up against. So, it, there, if there was ever a rebound game for Shane Gosper to come back into the lineup and start gaining that confidence back, it would be the Red Wings game. However, I, I, it's just they just won a road game tonight in a place they never win. Hag had a bunch of noticeable plays. I'm not going to be shocked if Hag's in the lineup on Friday and Ghost is still sitting out this is just a you know coaches kind of stick with the lineups that they went with that was a, a real big problem with Hackstall to an extent but 
I mean, this was also the first time in a while I think AV kept the same exact lineup uh, going into the next game. They did win a couple of games ago, so I would, I don't know. I, I, that would probably be the only change, though, is just Ghost coming back in. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I my thing with Ghost too is I'm not really I'm not really ready to give up on him. A lot of people are already talking about you know there's more trade rumors now and how he's never going to go back to his old self and everything. And I don't really believe that because we've seen the potential. And if it's a mental thing, he just has to, I just think something's going to click. I don't know when, I don't know what he has to do. It's not a matter of, I'm not saying when he clicks, he's all of a sudden going to, you know, clear the crease and break up every odd man rush and start making all these great, amazing defensive plays. But that's not what you have with ghost. You are talking about confidence coming back. We're talking about the, the ghost shimmy at the blue line. The, the slap shots on the power plays, uh, just anticipating passes and D zone taking it the other way. The old ghost stuff that we haven't seen in, in a while now, because last season he wasn't really doing it much either. And even with this, I, I think I would, I mean, I'm not thinking about trading him at all. Even at, if he's still looking like this at the deadline, I mean, maybe, but I really don't. But if he's looking like this, what are you going to get for him in a trade? Is my I mean, problem. yeah, that's it's that's either you're trading him, you're either trading him when he's performing and you're trading away a talented player for the highest value you can, or you're trading him when he's not performing for not. way under value, and then a team's getting a potential deal from you, and you yeah. know, then it's and a I, year later, we're going, should have kept Ghost. Yeah, well, honestly, yeah, I think whatever if they do end up trading him, I think it's going to be a mistake because I think he. I think he's going to go off wherever he would go to because maybe I, I just don't know. I think it's also because people want to talk about him not looking real great last year there with all the train rumors and everything, but also it is still just however many games into the new season with the new coach and the new system. And he's not the only one that's been struggling. I mean, we just talked about JVR. Voracek was pretty much absent until the last couple of games. Uh, Hayes has had a little bit of downtime. Uh, you know, he's not the only one who's kind of been potentially in AV's doghouse. So, and a lot, of, a couple of those other guys are starting to write the ship. And JVR, I think, is going to eventually start getting pucks to go in. And I don't think Ghost is any different. So, I, I'm still hanging on the belief with Ghost. And I think the potential, I, I think he's going to, it's eventually going to click. So at some point this season, we're going to see the old Ghost. Hopefully. If not, uh, fuck (laughs) because i don't i don't i don't know listen listen as we all know once you're 26 your hockey career is done you're basically no coming back like it's all downhill from there yeah if you're not performing at 26 you're done for it's that simple so move on losers yeah thank you Uh, yeah you got it you put it out eloquently yeah that's what i wanted to say so hot takes (laughs) with steve and greg uh all right, you want to talk about games, or you want to talk about uh, Andy, Andy, Andy going down? I, we can literally talk about Andy, Andy, Andy going down for, like, 30 seconds, because who cares? Okay, well, I think Andy Andreoff's brother listens to this podcast, so uh, Sandy Andreoff, I'm sorry about that. But we <laughs> played six games with the Flyers already. He's got one, he had one assist and eight Did he shots. play that nope. many? Uh, I think so. That's what I got. What number did he wear? <laughs> <laughs> just are you sure uh the good old john leclerc i believe so yeah did he good lord <laughs> no idea <laughs> who what is this day shots on goal 
Uh, spent most of his time at five and five uh, getting the JVR treatment. Played with Ralph on Pitlick, twenty three forty nine together over the six games with a forty seven point eighty three shot attempt percentage and a fifty nine point zero one expected goals for percentage. They broke even in goal, goal totals though. They scored one together and allowed one against together. Uh, he was oh, also wow. minus one with one shot on goal and two pims in his first game back with the Phantoms, which was a five to four overtime win over the Charlotte Checkers, the Hurricanes AHL affiliate on Friday. I don't really care about Andrew off, but I do want to say the fourth line didn't look like complete ass when he was up here. And that's kind of what I just need out of the fourth line right now. The fourth line isn't an issue right now, but that's because AV is kind of giving him a little bit ice t- less ice time and JVR is also on the fourth line. So eventually, yeah. Uh, well, and then also. Well, and I, I just wanted to talk about Andrea oh, real yeah, quick. Yeah. So we, we were talking, I think it was the last episode where I, I had a, a similar player a couple of years ago that I, I couldn't remember. And I, I don't think it was Ryan White, but I do remember a period before we all knew who Ryan White was when he was just kind of like on the team. But oh, yeah, like yeah. Nobody, and I think it might have been Ryan White I was thinking of because th- before he went and scored all those goals and became Ryan White, I just didn't like he, he would get mentioned sometimes like, I don't who is Ryan White? Yeah, that is know. true. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I think he I think the Flyers traded for him in 2014, 15. And then he didn't really play with the team until the following year. I, I don't know. I forget if that's a timeline, but I do remember that. Yeah. And, uh, well, I'm hoping Andrew Andrioff. Well, no, actually, I hope Andy comes up and scores 11 goals on the fourth line this year, but I don't think it's going to happen. That's, that's a pretty good comparison, though. They're the same level of me caring about them. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, but does Andy, Andy, Andy have the compete level? Of a Ryan White, does he lay out big suspendable hits like Ryan White? I don't think so. Craig. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't score uh, game-winning goals in the playoffs when uh, the Flyers are getting outshot uh, by four times as many shots. I'll tell you that much. Good old game winner in Game Five against the Caps, where the Flyers got outshot forty-four to eleven. And they you can't replicate game. the. You cannot replicate those skills. The skills to inspire Michael Neuverth to win a game for you. <laughs> Just die. if you ever, I don't even know why we're trying to break this down. A hockey team won, and the guy shot forty-four to eleven in a playoff game, and we're here trying to rationalize what's happening on the ice. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. How do you break down that sport? Anyway, let's share more opinions. Uh, Scott Long came back, <laughs> missed thirteen games after he had surgery to fix a broken right index finger. Uh, had two shots on goal, four hits, and one block shot against Vancouver with a. Uh, and of course, he had um, in the game against Vancouver. Uh, and then he also he scored tonight off a pretty good play by Joel Farabee. Joel Farabee had a pretty good game tonight too. Uh, looked pretty good um, and on the four check by himself, and also looked pretty. Uh, was getting the puck back a lot. So be nice if Farabee was kind of back up on the upswing because I know he had that hot start and then he he got deflated a little bit. So if he's back on the upswing, that would definitely oh, be yeah. an encouraging sign for this team. Yeah, no, that'll be. And, and, you know, I guess the downswing is kind of uh, a little expected just because, you know, the player, he probably came up. He was probably amped to be up here. And then, uh, you know, teams get a little bit of tape on him and maybe he loses the uh, the adrenaline rush right before each game. I don't know. I, I can see him kind of falling off and then coming back. Like with Frost, too. You know, Frost had a, a chance tonight, but he wasn't 
it wasn't quite as explosive as he has been the last uh, last couple of games. Although they had a monster shift that line in the second period, where I thought they were gonna they were gonna extend the lead um, or yeah get the lead because they tied it up. So, um, but yeah, Scott Lawton, I, you know we like Scott Lawton. Uh, we've always pushed for him to be the second line center. Shout out to that guy from two years ago. Uh, and he has looked to me, he's looked fine so far in his return. And uh, both these moves lead to Nolan Patrick uh, was placed on IR. And his move is retroactive, which means he doesn't have to wait out the 24 days or 10 games to be insert or taken off LTIR. Um, and he skated on Sunday, Monday. Yeah, Monday. And that's the closest I believe he's gotten to return yet is he just has done some skating. I don't think he's actually, I don't believe he's been involved in a full practice yet, but uh, still not really sure of the timeline with him uh, as usual. Can we, can we just get him, can we get him the Doc visor, the, the Brian Dawkins visor, and that'll be good enough? <laughs> what get him the Doc visor. It'll, it'll cure all the migraine issues. The dock visor keeps all bright light out and it actually creates negative light, which uh, puts you in pitch black conditions and has you hyper focus in on whatever your target may be, which is why Doc was so good. <laughs> what if what, what if Nolan Patrick just takes on the B Doc persona from like this day on? And like before each game, the Flyers have to have a dramatic uh, entrance where he's just like crawling down the tunnel. And then he gets on the ice and like picks up the net and slams it down. Just keeps he would on... literally either become the most popular flyer of all time or loathed. <laughs> it would either be like Nolan Patrick, holy shit, hockey dog, amazing, or it'd be this guy so full of himself, too flashy. Come on, give me a break. I'll hang up and listen. Tell him players to uh hit opponents in the dog on mouth or whatever be dog language used. Yeah. Uh, but he, I, it would, Patrick probably wouldn't be able to pull it off. Cause probably somewhere in that sequence of crawling out onto the ice and lifting up the net, he would, he would, he would absolutely get injured. There's no way he's doing that full range of motion without tweaking something. He would get injured. And also who's going to take old rosy cheeks seriously when he's talking about pain and passion <laughs> and all that going like, you gotta give it all your give it your all out there. You gotta give it a hundred percent. And everybody's just like, Nolan, your cheeks are getting redder the more you speak up. Like you you look like a <laughs> I, I can't even think you, you look like a, one of the ninety nine red balloons. <laughs> you look like the guy in big trouble in little China whose head explodes. I like the picture. <laughs> He just starts yelling. They're like, "Oh, you're still, you're still on the team, huh? All right, that's pretty cool. I thought he were, I thought he got traded. Okay, yeah, he if starts, you're healthy, I mean, he starts beating us. Just going, come on, come on, and somebody comes up and just like, oh, look at you, you're so cute. And you <laughs> pinch start, those cheeks. Yeah, it's just they start pinching the cheeks. All right, no, all right, no, that's enough. You've had your. I mean, this has to be the most adorable Flyers team of all time between Rosy Cheek Patrick and uh, Carter Hart's mustache. Yeah, I mean the uh, the mustache is Carter. Better. Hart's mustache is it, it 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 is an attempt at a mustache. <laughs> you can't argue that. It's I'm actually speaking. I'm watching Hot Rod right now, and it's the end of Hot Rod, and it's the part where Andy Samberg attempts to grow out a mustache. And this is actually incredibly similar to the Carter Hart mustache. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Uh, Andy Samberg did have quite the uh, soup strainer in that film. The fake soup strainer, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, but this is the end when he tries to grow a real one, and it's very sad. And it's very bad. You know, 
It's very bad. That's Carter Hart's, which isn't good. Uh, and while we're talking about mustache rankings on this team, Chris Terrian, can we talk about Bundy's stash? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want, uh, we don't have to look at it much longer. Actually, I don't No, We will have to see it again if he does the Friday or Saturday games. But um, yeah, go on. What I do you got to say about Chris Terrian? he's going to do Friday. It, it is not good. Not a fan? No, it is mildly terrifying. Carter Hart's is adorable because it's my first mustache. But Bundy's is like, buddy, don't put on like a pair of aviators with this because I think you're just going to creep everybody out. It's just not a look for him. He, I love Taryn because I like, like years ago, I became friends with him on Facebook. And then like all of his Facebook posts are just like a picture of his face, like wherever he is. And he's like, just enjoying grocery shopping. And it's like him smiling. And it's just old, it's like the most old person Facebook moves ever from Chris Darian. I just want to get that out there and say I appreciate it. So I've been looking at that mustache a lot, unfortunately. Enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, and it's just like him outside of Wells Fargo Center. And like his face takes up like 50% of the picture. <laughs> Is there anything like a street corner hot dog? <laughs> him not smiling, holding up a hot dog near a street vendor. Yeah, you know, you know the deal. My favorite halal cart. Uh, you want to talk about these wins or win? Oh, baby wins. Well, yeah, win. Yeah, I mean, points five out of the last six now. Well, I mean, I mean, it's two wins because they beat Vancouver, too. Oh, I I think they could have three. I mean, they were up pretty late against the Flames. That that Flames games, Los Flamas, not very good. That was, that was a blown opportunity, missed opportunity right there. And that was, uh, it felt very, Hackstall in that loss. Yeah, no, it did. Uh, and also the the game time goal was kind of kind of felt like a, de- a design play by the Flames to kind of bank it off the end boards and get the rebound to go right in. Uh, but overall, looking at the numbers, fifty seven point ninety five uh, shot shot ten percentage and a sixty three point seventy six ex- expected goals four percentage. That's pretty good numbers. The two point three five expected goals four. Uh, total is the fifth highest expected goals for total in a single game this season. So they were getting their chances. They were generating offense. Uh, outplayed the Flames, and Sean Couturier did have a hell of a game. He had nine shots on goal. First time recording nine shots on goal in a game ever. He's had four eight-shot games in his career, but not, never nine. Uh, he also had eight five-on-five individual shot attempts, uh, which was the most he's had in a game this season. And then his 12 individual shot attempts in all situations is the most he's had in a game this season. So Sean Couture brought the offense on, on a Saturday. He just also unfortunately didn't convert in the shootout attempt and just, uh, yeah, but so uh, Craig, Craig, what you're telling me is that Dr. Couture got the shots. Okay, all right. <laughs> I like the picture. You know, it's all shirt. JJ's fault. It's all, da- it's yeah, all JJ's fault. JJ's you know, fault. Uh, we got Dr. Couturier here. He's wearing his lab coat, and uh, he he recommends uh, a little less cholesterol in your diet. And uh, guess what? He brought the shots. Nine shots on goal, uh, Dr. Couturier on Saturday against uh, the Calgary Flames. Just every time Sean Couturier breaks up an odd man rush, JJ's like, oh, it looks like uh, Dr. Couturier canceled that appointment. <laughs> Uh, pro overall, a season high 28-37 time on ice. Uh, Niskanen, a season high 25-31. And Calgary was uh, Calgary out hit the Flyers 24-8. So all the numbers indicate oh. that the Flyers just had the puck the entire game. 
And I mean, Calgary outhit them, so that's I think we know why the Flyers lost. Yeah, they didn't have enough grift and grit, not grift. I don't know what the fuck grift is. Uh, but well, also, I mean, grift is when when gritty is playing pranks. You know, it, just grifting around. It's gritty most of the time, but then when when he's scamming people like other mascots, it's the grift. He's grifty then. <laughs> he's out here grifting. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, what uh, in the, the Canucks game? They had a fifty-nine point seventy-eight shots uh, shot attempt percentage and a seventy-two point sixty-five expected goals for percentage. Uh, tied for the second most unblocked shot attempts at five on five. They had fifty-six in the season opener. Against the Hawks and last week against the Panthers, they had 55 against the, the Canucks. Should have mentioned that. And then the second best expected goals for percentage in a single game this season, with the first being their six to three loss to the Oilers, where again they had a 77.55 expected goals for percentage. So think about how much the Flyers outplayed Vancouver on Monday. Add a little bit more to that, and then say, yeah, that team deserved to get scored on six times. <laughs> uh, they also oh, outshot wow. Vancouver 34 to 17. Fifth time out shooting a team by 17 shots on goal or more this season and 24 games. It's also the third time this season they've held an opponent to under 20 shots on goal in a game. Uh, it's the first time they've won in that situation, too, where they've held an opponent to f- so few shots. Uh, first time they allowed 20 or shots, 20 shots on goal or less was uh, they allowed 16 to the Stars in the 4-1 to loss at home on October 19th. And then they allowed 19 shots against in a 2-1 to loss to the Senators. Uh, couple of weeks ago which again that's just more evidence as to how the hell the flyers lose that game <laughs> but uh and then also we were asked if uh vortex's goal is a roof daddy steve and i want to say on record not quite i what i consider roof daddy is the top netting so the the roof the actual roof of the net <laughs> not not just top shelf it has to be the the top netting uh on the top of the net. So he got far post. He hit the inside of the far post. It was a ridiculous shot. It's one of the best shots Voracek's had in a while. Uh, but I mean, in a world. In a world. he was probably screaming that when he nailed it, but to go from the bottom, so it's a post uncle <laughs> to go from, to go from uh, the bottom of the left circle, far side, hit the inside of the post high on the, the, the far post. It's just ridiculous. And, uh, Came at the right time for Voracek to get out of his goal-scoring slump. And uh, afterwards, he said it helped him get his uh, fuck-you attitude back. So that's what that's what we need to say about Voracek. Is he, we know he's very good at pretty much just saying fuck you to everybody. And it feels like it hasn't really been happening on the ice recently. He's been – we haven't seen those big power strikes. We haven't seen him flying by people on the outside and then crashing the net with the puck. He just – seems like he hasn't really had the the confidence to kind of make those moves in the offensive zone outside of when he had that sweet move against uh, Gudis and the Caps. Uh, and I feel like the last couple of games, it's coming back, and I, it's all thanks to Limblom Couture. I am out. And that's why we got to put him on JVR. Put him on line with uh, those two, or put him on line with JVR, and then after that, put him on line with Ghost. Put whoever is struggling. doesn't matter rep position. Just put him on a line out there. Hart has a what about what about Chris Stewart? Chris, uh, you know what? Okay, maybe not everybody. I lied about that part, but anybody that I actually want to see play. (laughs) By the way, Chris Chris Stewart. Stewart, What if Chris Stewart gets into more fights when he plays with those guys (laughs) and kicks more ass? (laughs) Yeah, he he yeah the goal production go up. He's just more abuse on the ice. But again, by the way, Chris Stewart like not not involved in anything. Not really caring too too much about Chris Stewart because he's not. He's not getting Haxtell treatment. He's not getting the Haxtell uh, Latera treatment. It seems like AV's 
fine with keeping them out of the lineup most of the games. So, uh, so yeah. Well, I mean, uh, do you want to talk about? It? This is the the big thing we got to talk about this week. What's that, Greg? Well, Steve, uh, a whole incident apparently between Bill Peters and Akeem Alou happened uh, back in 2010, I believe, when they were with the Rockford Icehawks. So before we get to that, kind of have to explain how the entire situation came about. Happened because it was leaked that apparently during Mitch Marner's season with the Maple Leafs, Mike Babcock asked him to present a list ranking his teammates from the hardest working players to the least hardest working players or laziest players, whatever you want to call it, gave it to his coach. And then his coach decided to share it with his teammates, kind of be like, see, he knows you're slacking. Why don't you? And then kind of used it against them. Kind of a shitty thing. Pretty shitty thing. Uh, Kind of using his power a lot for that. Wouldn't say it's ideal. Not, not ideal if you're trying to like build, you know, uh, you know, relationships, relationships with teammates and your coach. But anyway, the, this, when it came out, was obviously talked about a lot. This led to Akeem Alou, who was a, a former player. Uh, he was a second-round pick by the Hawks back in 2000, yeah, 2007. Um, I think he played a couple games for the, the Hawks, and I think he was with the Flames at one point in time. I'm not sure, but spent most of his career in the AHL and the UCHL. Um, and from 2008-09 to 2010-11... Uh, he was with the the Ice Hogs where Bill Peters coached. And he tweeted out, Akeem Alou tweeted out earlier in the week that, um, quote, not very surprising these things we're hearing about Babcock. Apple doesn't, far, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Same sort of deal with his protege and YYC. And he's referencing to Bill Peters here. Um, dropped the M-bomb several times towards me in the dressing room in my rookie year because he didn't like my choice of music. First one to admit I rebelled against him, wouldn't you? And instead of remedying the situation, he wrote a letter to John McDonough, who is still the president and CEO of the Hawks, and Stan Bowman, still the GM of the Hawks, to have me sent down to the ECHL. 20-year-old on pace for 20 goals in his first pro year with zero P, uh, power player PK time was off to a great start in his pro career. So that's what he put out there. Uh, and again, the Rockford Ice Hawks have been the Chicago Blackhawks AHL affiliate for a while now. Um, and after this came out, uh, Frank Saravalli from TSN reached out to him, uh, out to Akeem Alou to kind of explain the situation he was talking about. And this is from Frank's article on TSN, quote, he walked in before a morning pre-game skate and said, hey, Akeem, I'm sick of you playing that N-word shit. End quote. Alou told TSN with Peters, who was then the Ice Icehawks head coach, referring to Alou's selection of hip hop music. Back to Alou, uh, quote, he said, I'm sick of hearing this N words, fucking other N words in the ass stuff. End quote. He then walked out like nothing ever happened. You could hear a pin drop in the room. Everything went dead silent. I just sat down in my stall, didn't say a word. Um, and then apparently later in the article, when Peters called Alou into his office after the incident, uh, he said, when Peters then called Alou into the office to talk about it, I was laughing because I repeated myself there. Uh, Alou said Peters did not apologize. Instead, Peters again expressed his displeasure in Alou's choice of music for the dressing room, with Alou saying, Peters said, you know, I'm just sick of this N-word shit. It's every day. From now on, we need to play different music. 
what the fuck? Yeah, so first of all... Like that, that's the only reaction to this thing, is what the fuck? I mean, not the only reaction, there's a lot. Yeah. But what, like, okay, my first, my first reaction to this, why in God's name would he think it's okay? Like, okay, you have a problem with the music, fine. To yeah. refer to it like that is... Fucking oh, insanity. It's insanity. Yeah. It just it, this is not this is ten years ago. This is not we're not talking about the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. We're talking about ten years ago. This is not okay. And I mean, geez, I it is it is unbelievable that he would he would say something like that and it just be like, you know, I'm just tired of it. Like, what what is wrong it's, uh, with you? I will say this. I mean, growing up Growing up where I did, I was around predominantly white people, and sometimes they say crazy things. I've never seen an organ. I've never seen the sequence of n words effing other n words in the ass stuff like that. Complete sequence of words I've never heard. I've never. That's just all I've heard. That kind of sh- that's insane. Yeah, um, I, I don't even I don't even know what the hell he means by that. Like I I, I do and I don't. It's just like I yeah. I mean I, I don't know, know what you're talking. Yeah, I know about, what he's sir. trying to say, but it's not. It's it's not. Have you have you actually lost your mind? Yeah. It, 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 like what I I it's it's that's just bizarre. So yeah, no, awful I mean behavior yeah. on Peter's and part. Do, and, yeah, I mean yeah, there's a. And then what happened after that was obviously Kamalu says all this stuff. It's a be- it's for an incident that happened a couple years ago. So they you kind of need people to corroborate the story. Apparently, former Ice Hawks teammates, uh, hopefully I'm saying this name right, Simone Dani Pepin and Pierre MacArthur uh, said that yeah, it did happen. And then. Uh, I believe Alou said that at the time, uh, Jake Dow, who used to be on the Blackhawks as well and was captain of the team at the time, apparently spoke to Peters about the incident. Uh, and then when they reached out to Dow, he didn't uh, he didn't want to comment on the story at the time. Uh, and then another thing in Alou's past that has been coming up because of this and why he didn't want to talk about it at the time, I think, because he, was, he didn't want to make more waves. But apparently when he was in juniors with the Winter Spitfires, Back in 2005-06, he was teammates with Steve Downey. Uh, And what happened was the Alou was a rookie. They were having a a hazing ritual with the rookies where they wanted the rookies to get naked and stand together in the water, in the bathroom at the back of the bus. They they keep calling it a a washroom, but I'm pretty sure that's what they mean. And Alou was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then... The next day I practice, or shortly afterwards I practice, uh, Downey, Steve Downey ended up cross-checking him in the face, resulting in two broken teeth. Alou went off the ice to kind of clean up all of the blood in his teeth, and then came back out on the ice and challenged Downey to a fight, which the team then allowed to happen at practice. So again, uh, Kim Alou was labeled as, and I, if you dared to go look at comments on these stories. This is one of the first things people bring up as a reason not to believe some of the things that Kimalu is saying. And when you look at the situation, um, I mean, I'm not fucking doing that hazing ritual either. Uh, I don't, and nobody is supposed to be going through these hazing things either. I it's don't terrible. understand yeah. hazing. Never have, never will. I mean, I, it's, I just it, like, oh, 
I, it, but I, again, I, I've never understood that, that kind of whole mentality around that. And I'm never going to either, but like, the, the whole thing is just very upsetting. And the fact that they'd allow this fight to happen at practice and, uh, like this, this is where the coach has to be like, cut the shit out. Well, and yeah. Who, yeah. It, it's well, just like, and the whole thing was uh, like, I, cause I read an article about the fight and, the article was titled something like Steve Downey starts or like is the cause of the Spitfires turnaround. And then it was a whole thing talking about this incident and how like a bunch of quotes from Brent Sutter talking about how like there's a lot of other stuff going on with the Lou. It all sounds very like looking back at the article, I was, I was cringing a lot, but um, I mean, Hayes, like, you know, hazing isn't just a hockey thing. It's in all sports. And I, I mean, I played football in high school, and we really didn't run into. Uh, I didn't experience any hazing rituals. Uh, it was, or if it was, it was, it wasn't really hazing. It was like the rookies had to go get water and like the pads every day before practice. It wasn't like, it wasn't something extreme that scarred me for life. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm in ninth grade. I have to go fill up the water jugs right now. It wasn't anything like that. And when I was a senior, I didn't get the mentality to do it either. But I was probably just fortunate for that path in team sports. There's a lot of sh- this shit going on that at the time kids don't want to talk about. Cause if you talk about it, well then you're wussy or you're not part of the team or you're not going to be able to play a sport you love with guys who are supposed to be your friends. And you bottle that up and then you bring it back at a later date. And then people ask you why you're talking about it then. And it's like, well, I had a lot riding on the line at the time. Akeem Alou had a lot riding on the line at the time when he was with the, with the ice Hawks. And again, people are bringing up this incident with him now in 2019. If he says at the time in 2010, that his head coach is saying this, how are people going to respond then? They're just going to assume that Lou's making it up and he's probably still going to get demoted to the USHL and still it's going to be this incident years ago. And I, I think now, I think it's better worked out now because it feels like at the moment, it feels like there is somewhat of a look at hockey culture. It feels like the, the Babcock incident, even going back to the Don Cherry incident too, or for why he got fired. And now this, it feels like there's a little bit of a realization of, Hey, maybe we don't need to do all this shit. At least that's the way I'm taking it. That's the way it looks like on Twitter. The last couple of days, again, it's Twitter. Um, and, who knows if there's going to be actual change. Um, but right now, I mean, going back to uh, Bill Peters, the Bill Peters situation. Um, so that was everything with the situation. Um, I in that entire situation. Uh, and then Bill Peters put an apology today. You can go read the apology and see what you make of it. I think it feels more like a, he has to write an apology letter. He doesn't really want to. Uh, and that would be because in the first sentence or two, he's like the incident that happened over 10 years ago, which kind of feels like a, his way of saying, yeah, it was over 10 years ago. How about everybody get over it? And that's not really the approach you should have. But anyway, uh, another, uh, Carolina, former Carolina hurricane defenseman, uh, uh, Mikhail Jordan. I think I'm just going to call him Michael Jordan. Cause that's how you spell it. And that's what the jokes were back at the time. But came I mean, forward. it certainly looks like Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so Jordan is like, just going to call him Jordan anyway. But, uh, he said that when he was with the hurricanes at the time that Peters kicked him in the back during games, sometimes like a couple times, one of the ones I believe he said. And then 
they Rob Burnamore and a couple other people still with the hurricanes acknowledged that it did happen. And that also he did punch another hurricane in the helmet during a game. And, you know, people did the same thing with Jordan. Like, why didn't you bring it up at the time? And he tweeted out himself that, you know, he was, I remember him. He was like a fringe defenseman. He was like the five or six for the hurricanes and he was barely in the lineup. So I think if you go tell the GM that the coach hit you, you may not get more ice time since the coach tells you to go out on the ice. So pretty well, much. You've also, you've also got macho sports culture, right? Exactly. It's Where a, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, you kind of want to extend the like not snitching attitude to that. Where if you go and you tell on people, well, you know, people are probably going to call you something like a bitch or something like that, because yeah. that's how macho sports culture works, where it's like, well, you went and told instead of acting like a man and handling it yourself. Like, that's just it's very toxic yeah. kind of culture. And it's it, it keeps people from feeling they can express the, the truth and uh, really, you know, like if there is an issue that they can report it through the proper channels like you, you don't feel like that if you're. A fringe play- like even if you're anything beyond a star player, you really don't feel like that. Like yeah. you feel like the coach, especially in a coach situation, you feel like the coach has the say. The coach is the the person that is the end all be all. And I can't imagine you would feel extremely comfortable going to the GM with something like that. No, but also just theoretically, like if we were to play out Jordan's situation, let's say he does go to the coach. It becomes a thing, and then they have to, he has to request a trade. Like, that's the way it's going to be presented. It's not going to be, hey, his coach kicked him in the back, so he doesn't want to be here anymore. It's going to be, we've heard Jordan's requested a trade, and then he's going to get traded, and then people are going to be like, oh, we had issues in Carolina. And nobody's really going to go into what the issues are. They're not going to be like, oh, he got kicked in the middle of the back while he was on the bench. Maybe if our coach here doesn't do that, maybe he's fine. Maybe he doesn't want to get traded, you know? It just becomes... I just, I think a lot more of the stuff is out there than comes to the surface. And I, I don't, I think some more of the stuff is going to be come to the surface here. And, you know, I really don't want to talk about Kate Smith again, but going back to the Kate Smith situation briefly, there was a time and there, I could understand the argument for how things were certain ways people acted in the 1930s were different than now but whatever bill peters said i mean that everything he said is it was 10 years ago it was not acceptable ever you know what i mean like these this is not there was no point in time we could go back and this is so recent and also so recent yeah and like also another thing that i'm just curious about or like wondering where people are coming from is okay any incident let's not say it's this let's say it's a word of mouth incident wherever I can understand an initial, well, do we really know if it happened pushback? But then the thing is, people are like, oh, well, we don't know if it happened. Like, who was there? And then, like, a bunch of people came forward and were like, yep, this definitely happened. And then I saw other people being like, well, is there, like, video of it? I'm like, how much more? Like, what do you need? Like, if if the guy is saying it happened, which, again, I'm not going to tell you how to react to hearing what Akeem Alou suggested there. I would imagine that a guy who has sat on that for 10 years and... I mean, he's not going to salvage his career now. Like, this isn't a move that's going to be like he's on the border of the AHL, NHL, and this is like a PR move. Dude's done. He's playing in the ECHL now, I believe, but he's not going to get called up to the NHL anytime soon. I don't think he would settle on that for 10 years and be like, you know what, I'm bored. Let's just 
fuck it. Let's have some fun on Twitter and just put it out there. It sounds like. Well, let's be honest. It's also Bill Peters. Yeah. Like, this isn't a huge name out there. This is not yeah, somebody exactly. that it's like, got to take down Bill Peters. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think there's probably a bunch of casual hockey fans who didn't even know who Bill Peters was until this came out. Like, yeah, as somebody like Babcock, who's like a you know a household name as far as coaches go, that's a, that's somebody like come out and you know he gets fired and the Marner yeah. thing comes out and it's in Toronto in succession. That's yeah. you know, but this is Bill Peters. This is there is no reason for him to you know make something up out of nowhere about Bill Peters. Yeah, and then also like why and in that case why but why would... are we always questioning victims? You know, like I mean I, yeah, it's kind of around Lana. Yeah, just, yeah. Because then, because then that leads into the other part where, like, oh well, do we have any proof he said it? And that's after you already asked why did he wait so long to talk about it. It's like, oh well, I don't know why he didn't want to voice something that he was going to get dunked on for and the, the media and have everybody not believe him of saying it in the first place. I don't know why he would hold that in for ten years. You know, obviously, it's, I mean, it's obvious that he held it in because he didn't want, like, he knew what the backlash was going to be, and this is why he, he some. Not everybody's lying. Like, I think Alou is telling the truth here. It sounds like it definitely went down. And still people are kind of questioning if it happened. And there's no reason to be – what has Bill Peters done for you? Like, why Why is everybody – like, there's still a weird contingent out there. They're like, oh, well, I don't know if you should lose your job. I, I, I don't know. If, like, maybe that's the reason why there's a little bit of stuff going on in Calgary right now is he's just an asshole. And – the players hate him and that this is the type of coach he is like, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I, and the thing with the flames is they haven't fired him yet. And he sent out the apology. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to freak out about him not being fired yet. I think what they're doing is they're waiting to see if there's a way they can't give him guaranteed money for the rest of his contract. Cause I'd like he, I don't think he's, he's not coaching for the flames anymore. I don't think there's another way he can coach behind the bench again for the flames. I think right now it's a matter of what the flames can do to make sure they don't get legal problems for firing bill Peters. Cause he might have something in his contract with a clause saying like for previous actions at other organizations or something weird. I don't know. Or he, they just want to make sure that they can cut him without having to pay. I don't know what the situation is, but I really, I, I, I doubt he's going to, coaching another game with the flames that's my opinion i don't know it's it'll be kind of hard to throw him back out there at any point this season it'd be hard to throw him out there and again it's just is bill peters really somebody worth risking it all for yeah no i this whole i mean obviously and i mean you were saying it was i, I mean the lag the language is insane and again like i said i it's insane. There like, is no I, excuse to use that language, period. But to, let alone use it in the situation he uses it. It, it makes zero sense. Yeah. And it's just it, like, the, but there, it, it just blows my mind that he would think this is an okay thing to do. And it's like, I don't know if you've ever had somebody feel like they can be racist around you because of the color of your skin. Yeah. Which is always, you know, funny to me because I'm, I'm Puerto yeah. Rican, but you know, whatever. Uh, but there's always like I, there's certain guys will do it where what they'll do first is they'll do a quick look around, give a quick scan. Oh, God. Hey, anybody, uh, anybody paying attention to this? And then the the scummiest guys will like whisper it where they'll be like, "Hey, racist thing," and it's it's just so unsettling and skeevy and just makes you feel awful. Uh, but like 
something like this is it just seems like Peters felt very comfortable just saying whatever the hell he wanted, given I would say the general whiteness of the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and, fucked up. Well, and yeah, and I think it a lot of the the problem here is it's the power struggle between the coaches and the players. And it's just, it's a little bit of what we always make fun of with the players because they're boring as fuck and they don't have like interesting quotes. There's no trash talk, there's no dancing, there's no nothing. It's just put your head down, do work, thank the team. And I mean, these players put up with a lot of shit. We we look at all the injuries we always see the injury reports throughout the playoffs and you're like, Oh my God, how are they playing through that? So just remove the injury factor of that and put real world situations in there. And I mean, Akeem Alou, I believe he, I believe he was born in Africa. I don't want to just throw that out there, but I thought I saw that looking at his Wikipedia page comes over here and he's just, he's playing in junior hockey. So he's got to be one of the only few black players out there. And I mean, like I was saying, growing up in Maryland in a predominantly white area, I know that's not easy. I'm not saying people in my school or area didn't say things, but that it just can't be easy to go through that. So to go through this situation on top of that, there's no like it's a hard thing to kind of just admit that it happened to you and then get people on your side at the time. And again, he he wanted to play and this was i think this was just a loose version of putting his head down trying to make the team and then it just i mean i don't know what to say i mean this is just a, it's a terrible situation and it it sucks that this is the type of it sucks that this is going on because hockey is a great game and it's a lot of fun to watch and talk about and play but we have to address these issues. So like if they're going on everywhere, which I think they are, I don't know. I don't think it's a hockey thing. I think it's everywhere, not the racism, but the, the hazing and the power struggle and everything that hockey should work on fixing it. Cause, and I think a lot of it is starting to fall. In. I think it's starting to go the right way. I don't know how far or how much it'll continue, but I doubt Bill Peters is the only bad coach out there. I bet. I, I doubt he's the only bad dude in a position of power in the NHL. I'm sure there are more guys out there. Craig, I feel like we have to deal with an issue like this like at least once a year, and it feels like it's getting a little more frequent. And that's just absurd to me that it, it, the frequency's increasing. Like, this is not well, shit that should be happening. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it's good we're discussing it. Yeah. But the fact that stuff like this has been happening, keeps happening, is just ridiculous. We should continue to shine a light on it. We should continue to get people like this out of the game because it is unacceptable to use that behavior in any kind of workplace, uh, anywhere. Not even workplace, just anywhere. Yeah. Shouldn't be using that kind of language. It's absurd. It's just ridiculous that he thought he should be talking like that to another human being, uh, degrading somebody and their culture. and all. It's just, it, it, stop it. Stop yeah. being assholes. Yeah. And, and honestly, like the, it's mainly, yeah, it's mainly him using the, the uh, that word. Cause I mean, the Michael Jordan stuff is also insane, but I, it, it's not the same thing as what he did to Camelo. Um, right. But, but at the end of the day, the, they're, at the end of the day, he's a manager who is abusing his. Yeah. Employees. I was going to say that the, the Jordan thing just kind of shows that he's a guy that's willing to abuse his power. And I mean, again, to not to keep talking about myself, but freshman year, 
I was on the sidelines next to our defensive back that was about to go on the field. And the coach just punched him in the chest, hit him in the chest protector to be kind of like wake up and get ready to go out there. And I saw it. And of course, I didn't tell anybody because I wanted to play. And then that guy didn't tell anybody until the end of the season. And the coach guy can't. But like, there's a reason why, you know, you should never really question why it's not brought to light immediately. There's reasons. And I mean, if enough, if there's proof that it happened, then that punishment has to be doled out. So it is hard to say something because society kind of dictates to us that we should just go along with it and and accept it and suck it up, you know. And yeah, it, it, it's hard to say so. It's brave to say something, and even if it, it takes a while, it should be said. Uh, yeah. And it's it's a brave thing to do. It's very difficult. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, I, if I was a Camelou, I still wouldn't want to really talk about it. So I think he, and I think this was an appropriate time to bring it up because it was very much a hockey culture thing. It was related to a coach that he, you know, knew about or like was familiar with another one of his assistant coaches. This was a time for him to do it. And he also did wait to show people it's not about, I think he talked about Kaepernick too, about how. I think Frank in his article asked him, why didn't you bring this up earlier? And he said, I, I mean, I can't like it. We saw the thing with Kaepernick and how you feel like you pull the race card and pretty much your career is over. So that's why he said he waited as long. But honestly, if it doesn't really matter how long, if it happened, it happened. Um, I don't care if that incident happened in 2010 or 2000, like if that came out now. And I mean, like, if AV did something like this, I would hope something happened. I don't really want to root for that guy anymore, you know? But, I mean, that's, I, well, I don't have anything else to say about that, Steve. I don't know how you feel. No, I, I think I've I made just, it pretty clear. I'm only, I only snicker a little because I know the next time we're about to talk about, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get up for it immediately, but it's, uh... You you want to compare some flowers to Thanksgiving sides, Steve? Some dishes? You want to see if we can get God. back into the spirit of having fun here? Good God! I what mean, I mean, this that, is all that, we got left. We got like, this. Did we just go from? Did we just go from like neutral to, or, or we go from like ninety miles per hour to? I, I don't even know what That's the five hundred forty degree here. angle. It's three hundred sixty yeah. and one eighty. We're just going in a completely different direction. Yeah. So. Well. I can tell you where the ad break's going. Oh, yeah. There you go. I, I, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it is going there because I am the one that breaks ads. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about the Flyers as Thanksgiving food. And I was, yeah, and we thought that. about this before the whole, that whole news development so the the contrast here is not lost on us but let's uh let's try and have fun let's, uh, let's try and break this down let's just take a serious shift into hour two flight verbally hell yeah baby. and and really just lean into it we've gotten through the serious talk let's talk about thanksgiving dinner insides let's talk about it so should Craig, we should we do a quick power rankings of thanksgiving dishes and sides first or should we just get into it what are your what are your thoughts um What's your favorite? What's your favorite dish at Thanksgiving? I mean, if they're if the mashed potatoes are done right, it's actually the mashed potatoes because I, I could eat those suckers all day. 
I think I can get behind that. I am a big fan of uh, I do I do like stuffing, um, and then also the uh, yeah I guess mashed potatoes and other. I mean I do like mac and cheese. That's more because yeah my mom makes pretty good from scratch. Uh, oh, I, uh, I eat mac and cheese uh, basically all the time. So, yeah, so. <laughs> which is why I'm dying. Turkey's all right. Come yeah, on, not bad. I've come on to tell everybody about just you know it's <laughs> it's a bad time. Uh, no. Um, yeah, mac and cheese, great. I, I think, though, for Thanksgiving, you know, it's one of those times where it's like, I can eat just a shit ton of mashed potatoes, and yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to put gravy everywhere. You ever make a little gravy volcano with the mashed potatoes? And oh, yeah, every year. Dunk your turkey in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every that's year. the stuff. That's I also like stuff cranberry right sauce, but it's very simple. It's, like, not really exciting. So I'm not a big stuffing guy. I'm not a big cranberry sauce guy. I do love me some fluffy biscuits, though. You get me some Ooh, biscuits, yeah, and yeah. I will go to town. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think I guess gravy technically is a side that we're going to talk about here, right? <laughs> we, I don't know. I, we... I, it kind of is. It kind yeah. of is. I mean, it's a necessary component. Like if you have I don't turkey, think anybody... gravy, yeah. you're a psychopath. <laughs> they call them psychopaths, and they like turkey as dry as can be. I don't know why Doc Emmerich's doing like, like, uh, like investigative reports now, but he is, he is <laughs> on Thanksgiving dinners. He's, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be on the first forty-eight whenever he retires from uh, doing the uh, calling games. He's just gonna do like murder and stuff. <laughs> this is Doc Emmerich out here reporting with Stone Phillips on the dangers <laughs> of predators. They lurk online. <laughs> just stuff like that. <laughs> They call them chat rooms. <laughs> you could be the next Chris, uh, next Chris Hansen. It may start with an innocuous ASL, but then it turns menacing. <laughs> Back to you, Peter. Jesus. <laughs> all right, let's get let's talk about food. Let's do this food thing. Let's. Uh, all, right, all right. So we'll start with the turkey. Yeah, let's who, start with who, turkey. On, who on the Flyers roster is the turkey? Which I, I think of the turkey as. Not the most exciting Thanksgiving item, but it is the most necessary key component of okay. the Thanksgiving meal. So now that you say that, I think it means that Sean Couture is the, the turkey of the Flyers. I think it, you're right. Because his play is not exciting, but the dude dominates games. And he is always a threat out there on the ice. He's always getting the puck back. And when the Flyers don't have him, it is a huge blow to the team. I think he is the most... If you took him off the roster going into a game, I think the Flyers would be in the most trouble in terms of just taking away one player. That's my opinion. You take him off the roster and you take the turkey off the table. You, you just don't have yeah, the Flyers yeah, yeah. and you don't have yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're just getting into an awkward dinner argument with the rest of your family. So that's all that, that's all that is. Um, <laughs> cranberry sauce? Uh, hmm. Boring. So the cranberry sauce is essentially, it is, again... Something that you, you you do need for the meal, but not everybody enjoys, and people enjoy it in different ways. Some people are all about that canned cranberry sauce, just straight up, like, they want to see it with the can marks still oh, on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then some people want that, that fresh, organic stuff, you know? But I'm, most I people... I think I would say most people tend to be canned people, as far yeah. as uh, what who I know regarding cranberry sauce but cranberry sauce again not necessarily the the most exciting or key piece of the meal but it is definitely something that you need to make 
a full Thanksgiving meal. So that leads me to think maybe Matt Niskanen? Uh, you know what? I was going to say Kevin Hayes, but Matt Niskanen's a good choice, too. Same kind of thing. I mean, Matt Niskanen, not anything sexy offensively, but he's the guy on the blue line you'd expect to make a defensive play the most. If that makes sense. You like, like to see those can marks on him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the can, yeah, the D plays are the, you know what I mean? Like breaking up a two on one or breaking up a pass in the D zone or ending a cycle session from the opponents. I feel like Matt Niskanen is probably a guy I think I want to depend on to make a D zone play. So I, I can, and also, you know, it's not fun to watch. So yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. <laughs> and Kevin Hayes also thrown out there because he's been pretty good on the PK. And the PK is, I think, third in the league right now. So oh, do wow. pretty good. I mean, you want to talk about no matter how this flyer season ends out, uh, ending the uh, like situation that was the penalty kill for the last five years is probably the biggest uh, the biggest result coming from this season. Where's uh, Toronto's at? Where's Toronto's PK at? Oh, oh, I don't. I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's doing great. Honestly, why don't I look that up? <laughs> And you talk, you think about, or you talk about who you think the stuffing on the Flyers is. All right. So stuffing, I mean, I like it. I assume most people like it, or you're definitely having it at Thanksgiving, right? So like you need it. Is that fair to say? I would say that's fair to say. I'm not the biggest stuffing guy, but it right. is an, uh, it's absolutely a necessary component. And just because I don't like it, a lot of people like stuffing and they really like a good stuffing. I'm kind of thinking Claude Giroux's the stuffing. Ah, uh, what do you think? The other stuff we got going on here. Yeah. Okay. You, I'll, you I'll think go, you got I'll, another Claude spot? No, no. I, I, you know what? I think stuffing might be the most fair. Well, also, it could be Claude, but it could also be Oski Boy. No, I think there's a there's a couple other ones I think I could throw down for Oski Boy here. I think. Uh, no, you know what? Toronto, for the record, twenty fifth. Penalty kill. Oh, the hackstall hand getting uh reaching out for that PK. Yeah, so there you go. They're That's, currently uh, at seventy-three point eight percent. Almost three out of every four penalties. God, I holy shit, I do not miss that whole Craig, who's in game. who's in dead last? Um Is it the Devils? No, it's the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, good. Oh, nice. Okay, great. So yeah, they have uh, on uh, Saturday. Seventy-one point six percent from PK. <laughs> oh, and you have Carey Price in that. So a lot of questions going on there. <laughs> and Shea Weber on defense. What's happening with that team on the PK? <laughs> What's the deal with the Montreal Canadiens PK? <laughs> uh, I think I can go. You know what? Stuffing is fine. I think I can get behind stuffing for uh for Claude. Uh, I mean, green bean casserole is an interesting one because I think it's everywhere and it's always like fourth or fifth on everybody's rankings. Like nobody actually, nobody actually wants it, but it's always, Oh God, I might actually have one. It's for like, them. I got to eat some veggies. It's like, uh, you know, yeah. And like, right. you know, most of the time you don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I'm really going to lean into this example, but you know, it's always there. It could chip in every once in a while, but more times than not, people are just like mad at it that it exists because it's not the first thing you want. Uh, so I'm going to go with JVR. Where are we going with it? Oh, JVR. JVR. Jamie, I'm saying JVR. <laughs> they brought him home, and now he's the green bean casserole. <laughs> yep. Hey, I, I want a John Tavares to come home. That's all I'll say. But also, I'm still 
I'm still pro JVR. I think he's. I think everything with him is just. Um, yeah, I, he just has to finish, and I. He's a 36 goal scorer, so I don't think he lost his finishing abilities. I just think he's not getting the chance. Yeah, I already laid this all out. So once he gets out of the bot, off the fourth line, he'll be fine. I think, in my opinion. So, what? Who do you in, think should be a Green Bay Castle? You got anybody better? In your humble opinion, over there, I am Ho. Green bean casserole. I'm wondering. I think JVR is a pretty good one. I'm wondering if maybe it's like a Brian Elliott. Ooh, you know, no, you know what? That's the right answer. That is because I, I mean, even coming into this offseason, I wasn't exactly pumped about him coming back, and he's he's done pretty damn good. He's he's he served his role. Uh, you gotta have your greens. Gotta, you gotta do it, and uh, which is something that Brian Elliott tells his grandchildren on a daily basis. I mean, when you're 65 and you're playing in the NHL, you kind of have to, you gotta take care of your body. So he's probably eating, he's probably already on his third dish of green bean casserole already. He's got, he's got two games this week. He's playing sometime again this weekend. So with a side of prune juice, because he's old. Am I right, folks? He is old. He's, I think he's the folks. same age as me. Oh, oh, fuck! Is he really? Because he looks. Oh. He might be younger than me. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, how old oh. is Brian Elliott? There's oh, no... We, you're not. We, Hold on. We could go to our old friend Siri for this one. Let's see yeah. what she has to say. I'm sure she actually listens front. to you this time. <laughs> how old is Brian Elliott? Brian Elliott is 34 years old. Oh, my God. Brian Elliott's younger than me. He's only a little bit older than me. This is... Well, this is disheartening. You know what? Let's wrap. Good night and good hockey. Let's wrap it up. I'm gonna ball. Good night and good hockey. <laughs> All right, cornbread. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Cornbread. Yeah, it's. Oh yeah, that's okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if you. <laughs> yeah, I I love cornbread. Uh, I would say, obviously not essential. Or I don't know. Would you say cornbread's essential to Thanksgiving? I would not say it's essential to Thanksgiving, but I would but. say it's a. A delightful part of it, if done right. Yeah, it it, uh, it does rule when when you get a good... much like Shane Gostas bear. Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, because bad cornbread is real bad, and there's no point to it. And uh, but when cornbread's on its game, holy shit, it can probably take over a meal. So cornbread, I'll go with that. That's a good one. Yeah. You're on fifty. We should we gotta compare more things. You're on fire with this right now. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is a this has been all you. Uh, sweet potatoes. First of all, hold on. Can I go on a sweet potatoes rant real quick? I would love nothing more. We as a society went way too far a couple years ago with sweet potato. We were making everything sweet potato. I think we've peeled back on that, and I'm proud of us. That's where I stand. I like sweet potatoes, but not everything needed to be sweet potatoes. That's my two cents on SPs. Uh, You're right. You're right. uh, So a little flashier than what you expect with potatoes. Uh, Not Again, not a staple. You don't see it often, right? Uh, Jake Voracek. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I'm trying to think of who else would even be. You don't always need a lot of Jake, but, you know, sometimes some Jake's great. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I guess that would be a fair one. That, this one's a little hard. So I'll go and Jake's that. always there. Jake, you know, there. he's been on the Flyers for a while, and sweet potatoes, they're always there. Yeah. You don't really need them, but they're there. And when he does, when he does make a play, they're pre- I mean, the assist be real good. That assist to Drew and his snipe on my pretty good, pretty good. 
Pretty, 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 pretty good. Mashed potatoes. You take this one again, because this is all. What do you? How would you describe mashed potatoes? Key component. I mean, key component when they're when they're on their game, they are fantastic. They're buttery. They can be creamy. Sometimes, sometimes a little bit of lump just for for texture. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm getting hungry for some mashed potatoes right now. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm actually wondering what was that? Provorov. I'm almost wondering if we should switch the stuffing and the mashed potatoes because, uh, maybe Provorov's the stuffing and Claude Giroux's the mashed potatoes because Claude Giroux still incredible and my God when he turns it up to 11 he just yeah it's it's he still it's nice. has the skills man it's yeah yeah, when, yeah long time staple so maybe ivan Provorov's the stuffing then yeah and as we all know mashed potatoes always do slap shots on on penalty shots so we'll go oh. for shootout goals yeah yeah i just want to talk so about good. that again because mm, that was a good shot uh right. who's the great man- who makes everything come together yeah no yeah it's very God damn, still, I'm, I think I've only come up with like one of these so far. <laughs> we got mac and cheese. Well, okay. Well, should we go? Should we do mac and cheese first? Because I think I got a mac and cheese. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Not usually a Thanksgiving component, right? Carter Hart. Ooh. Carter Hart, because it's it's maybe a newer Thanksgiving entry for a lot of households, but it has increasingly been getting in there. And. I mean, it's it's fucking mac and cheese. It's delicious. Yeah, it never fails. It's always good. You're always looking I mean, forward to mac and cheese. Always looking forward to mac and cheese. Just like, you know, you get that Brian Elliott start. You get... <laughs> Which one was Brian Elliott? The green... You get that green bean casserole, and you're like, fine. But you get that mac and cheese, you're like, mmm! Also, mac and cheese can save a bunch of meals. And Carter Hart can bail the Flyers out of really bad games. So, yes. that's, I, this, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, gravy kind of makes everything go pretty smoothly, make everything work pretty well. Uh, I think this, I mean, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Limblom or Konechny. I would uh, say, Limblom. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, he just kind of make everything go. Uh, that's what I, and gravy's pretty sweet. I think Oscar Limblom, Oscar Boy's pretty sweet, aka the Swedish Stank, aka oh, the Atomic Mom. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's I guess that's pretty good. Yams, I don't really care about yams. <laughs> shit about yams. Let's move on. Next I'll question. Shit about the yams. Yeah, potato salad. Show me potato salad. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Potato uh, salad. That's that's you know potato salad's a weird one. Uh, not everybody has that one at their their table. But what's what's a good potato salad here? What's a good maybe Justin Braun? Uh, yeah. Maybe Kevin Hayes? I think Kevin Hayes would be more potato salad for me. Yeah. Because uh, potato salad could take on the bulk of a meal for me. It does also uh, do the job. And it is... It's good, but it's not something you always need to depend on. I don't know. It, it, it's, yeah, Kevin Hayes being potato salad is good. These next... The next one, I, I got nobody. The next... Two, I don't know if I have anybody. Okay, so cream spinach, which is one that that M threw in there. I was <laughs> thinking uh, maybe that might be that might be Justin Braun. Just kind of shows up. You're like, all right, 
Technically food. Yeah, I'll do that. Dress in bronze, cream Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Biscuits. 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 I, I think we, we've got crescent rolls, dinner rolls all listed here. Yeah, we'll go with biscuits. I think biscuits is the way to go. I think and you know who's biscuits? You know who's biscuits? You know who's a good, fluffy, buttery biscuit? Travis Konechny. Mm. If that was too sexual, yeah. oh, I yeah. apologize. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> if that's to all the children sexual. in your car as you're driving to Thanksgiving dinner listening to this 14-hour <laughs> podcast. To the, all the local school bus drivers blaring this episode of Fly Purpley, we are sorry. And we will work on limiting that language going forward, a.k.a. we will not. Now, I think Travis Konechny is the perfect example of Biscuits. Also, if I may real quick, I miss Biscuits still, the hockey podcast, with Dave Lozo and Down Goes Brown. So if you guys want to bring that back, I know uh, a lot of people are missing it. I think Kelly also misses it, as well as Steph. So go ahead and bring it back, Dave Lozo. Talking to you. That's my uh, that's my stance on biscuits. That's your that's your stance on biscuits right there. There you go. And then the sweet stuff. Sweet stuff. So we we have pumpkin and pecan pie listed. I know there's a lot of different desserts that people bring to the table. Yeah. I know us. We personally are going to be contributing. M is making a donut bread pudding, which I am excited Jeez. for beyond belief. Yeah, I, that sounds that sounds like a good time. So. I am I am pumped for this, but. Pumpkin and pecan pie. Those are your two staples, your two Thanksgiving staples. Uh, people love the uh, the pumpkin and the pecan pies. Uh, uh, I say ooh. Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee. Oh, there you uh, go. Everything they're adding right now. Well, I, well, I don't want to say this after giving uh, Oscar Limblom it, but uh, everything they're adding right now to the lineup is probably just gravy because we know they're not at the potential yet, but we see flashes of it, and AV probably isn't going to ice them in the most – uh, heavily responsible minutes. So everything they're doing right now is just, uh, it bodes well for the future. I am out. Again, Fairby had a pretty damn good game tonight. Uh, and for, and Frost uh, wasn't as explosive tonight, but still showed flashes and he's, he's been killing it so far. And of course, uh, Evgeny Malkin is the, the neighbor's pack of dogs that destroy their turkey in a Christmas story. That has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but I just wanted to, the bumpers has, but I just wanted to make fun of Evgeny Malkin because I can. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. This is our podcast. So speaking of making fun of people. Oh, wait, sorry, go ahead. No, that's, that's a good transition. I'm sorry. I ruined it. I've ruined it. It's all, it's all ruined. No, you didn't. But I was going to, uh, I'm happy that uh, one of uh, friend of the show, one of our followers, Christine Sweet, uh, aka at Extra Sweet C, uh, tweeted us today. "Quote: Found myself randomly thinking about Sean O'Donnell today. Thought you might appreciate. Thought you all might appreciate. So let me say this, Christine. Thank you for this because I hated Sean O'Donnell, but I was not writing or podcasting at the time. So now you're giving me a chance to just yell about Sean O'Donnell. Sean O'Donnell was fucking terrible for the year he was here in Philadelphia. He had 18 points." One goal in 81 games. He's a defenseman. I know. Back in 2010, 2011. I know he's not supposed to score a lot. But he also was just bad. He was a stay-at-home defenseman that didn't do shit. Uh, got caved in in terms of possession. Was Still got top six minutes all year long. And I felt like that team was pretty damn good. And whenever a preventable goal happened, it was Sean O'Donnell on the ice with a turnover or not clearing somebody out in front of the net or just not just trailing the play. So thank you for doing that. I want to dunk on Sean O'Donnell. Slowest skater. I want to see a speed skating contest between Sean O'Donnell and Nick Grossman. And I will pay the finest American money. If we can get that going. <laughs> Let's throw Jody Shelley in. Throw Jody Shelley Ooh, in. Jody Shelley is another one. <laughs> 
those three. The big three. I would like to, uh, yeah, let's get that guy. Do you, do you remember, you have any thoughts or feelings about Sean O'Donnell, Steve? He sucked. I just, I just remember him being the player I hated most on that team before they decided to do whatever the hell they did, like in March on from that season. But Sean O'Donnell, if you're listening, I, uh, I mean, fuck it. I stand by my words. I didn't really like watching you as a flyer. That's what I have to say. You're probably not going to hear this, so whatever. I think he's working. I think he's like the color, or he does like intermission stuff for the King sometimes now. Or at oh, least wow. he worked a year or two years ago. Yeah, so there's your Sean O'Donnell update. Your SOD uh, update there. Your yeah. SODU? Yeah, your SODU. Uh, actually, you know what? I think Sean O'Donnell should start a... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Start a POD cover band and just call it SOD, and then he just sings about former flyers. So there you go. Uh, you want to do it around the lake? <laughs> well, no, I had a quick, I had a quick uh, tweet I wanted to shout out. Oh, okay. Uh, Mark Markster sixty eight tweeted us tonight and said, "A Clement sex sounds drinking game has to become a thing." I swear I would have taken at least ten shots during the game tonight. Oh yeah, no, there's no drink. We don't want people to die. Like if, if we're gonna <laughs> start, like there's so often now. It's just he had a bunch of them and oh. Fortunately, Elliot made a bunch of like game-saving saves in the final couple of minutes, so I, I don't want to go back and rewatch that. It's it's not, yeah. It was being casserole to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, it's a good old uh, GBC saving the day. But he, I feel like at this point, he knows he only has a certain amount of games left in his contract, so he's like, maybe if I just make more moaning and groaning in each game, people will catch on, and it'll be a little bit funny. But I, guy can't control himself. He sees a good play, and he just makes weird sounds. You gotta respect it. I am here for it. You uh, you want to wrap this bad boy up? You want me to do around the league real quick? Yes, we can go around the league. Around the league, ATL. Uh, Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner have signed extensions in Boston. Uh, Coyle signed for six years, five point two five million a year. Wagner has signed three years, one point three five million a year. Uh, Braden Tracy has signed his ELC with the Ducks. He's an eighteen-year-old left winger, taking 29th overall in twenty nineteen. The other thing I was possibly wanted to talk to you about this week before all the, the Bill Peter stuff was uh, Robert Portuzo got suspended four games for his cross-check on Victor Arvidsson on Saturday. Did you happen to see that, Steve? I'm not sure I saw that. All right, so look it up because it was pretty It was pretty bad. Uh, Arvidsson is now out four to six weeks with the uh, LBI, and it came as a direct result of the, the cross-check from Portuzo. Uh, and also, Bortuzzo has been a repeat offender, so for him to only get four games is a little, a little weird. Uh, 22-year-old right-hand defenseman Matthew Spencer, who's the 2015 second-round pick, was traded from the Lightning to the Sabres earlier this week for 22-year-old left-handed defenseman Devontae Stevens, who's also a 2015 pick. He was taken in the fifth round. Um, Henrik Lundqvist moved into fifth all-time in goalie wins this week. Uh and of course, I want to mention this because number one on goalie wins is Martin Brodeur. And in honor of Thanksgiving, I thought we should bring up Martin Brodeur on his favorite holiday because, you know, um, 691 uh, wins for him. Patrick Wallace second with 551. Roberto Luongo is third with 489. And Ed Belfour is fourth with 484. Uh, Alexander. Okay. Cook. So I looked up the Bertuzzo hit real oh, yeah. bad, real yeah. bad. Uh, and of course, a nice shout out to Marty Brodeur. Uh, as we know, Thanksgiving is a family affair. Yeah, he's working on his pickup lines, and he's uh, he's he's fasting tonight. It's going to be a big day for him tomorrow. I'm uh, I'm happy for Marty. Also, if I could speak a little bit to me hating Jordan Bennington a little bit more, 
the nice little shove from him at the end when Arvidsson's obviously in pain, just trying to go into the corner. Do you see that? Real, uh, real piece of shit. Again, I, I'm, I just keep missing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what was it? Uh, and then Lundqvist was fifth with 455. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Alexander Kerfoot suspended two games for boarding Eric Johnson. Uh, Tampa Bay defenseman Eric Cernak was suspended two games for elbowing Rasmus Dahlin, and I think he's missing time now. Uh, Dylan Strom is day-to-day with a concussion. Alec Martinez is week-to-week after undergoing successful surgery to repair a radial artery and two superficial radial nerves following a laceration to his wrist in L.A.'s game against the Sharks on Monday. Now, I'd break this down to you guys, you know, the, the radial artery, artery and the, the radial nerves, but we all we all know what I'm talking about, so I don't need to break that down. I mean, that's, you know, it's common knowledge for all of us. Uh, Brad Marchand became the 11th through in the break 600 points with the club. And then Valerian Nachuskin and uh, his 92-game goal drought. Uh, his last goal came on March 4th, 2016. He spent two seasons in the KHL with CSKA Moscow uh, for 2016-17, 2017-18. Didn't score at all last year, and it took him, I believe this was the 19th game he played this year, and finally scored this year. So after a long and lengthy goal drought, Valerian Nachuskin is finally on the board. Uh, that's, that's it, Steve. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. And Craig, did you see that, uh, Tyler Pitlick got the coveted golden helmet in the Flyers? Oh, I did not do. Oh, wait, was this the week I picked Tyler Pitlick? Oh no, that was last. What an asshole. So now he's, oh my God. Now he's doing this. You fool. Yeah, whatever. I'll pick. Drew will have a hat trick next week. I'm pretty pumped about it. So get ready for that, guys. (laughs) I just like that they use the caption Pitlick Party, which just reminds me of Pity Party, which is definitely not what they were going for. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Flyers for him. That's the Flyers. Well, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And before we uh, do the the whole wrap-up, just wanted to uh, mention again, we do have the Festivus party coming up on December 21st. The Flyers will be playing the Ottawa Senators. And I don't know why I said that more Irish than Canadian, but here we are. And listen, folks, it's 12.35 a.m. I mean, it's Thanksgiving, so I'm sleeping in tomorrow. But still, it's late. I've been up a while. Been a while. But party December 21st, uh, at the Fieldhouse, right by Jefferson Station. So guess what? You suburbanites, you can take the train in, go to the party, hop right on the train downstairs. You're out. That's no it. Excuses. So, no excuses. No yeah, excuses. None. So we'll see you there. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, get there early if you want to say hi to me, by the way. Get there early. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say on that front. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so great party. It's going to be a great time. And if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can find Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, uh, I think the thing I'm going to start trying to work on for next week is uh, Fire Power Play scored tonight, but they've been having some issues with the zone entries, so I wanted to go back and look at what was happening there. So don't expect that this week. going to go back and rewatch a lot of tape and hopefully have it out sometime next week. And hopefully the Flyers don't you know, start killing it with zone entries on the power play in that time. But that is what I'm aiming for sometime next week. Okay. Sounds good. Something we will be looking forward to. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but make it Flyperbole for all your hockey needs. And be sure to follow BSH Radio, Broad Street Hockey, and like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And 
I think that's all we got. Nope. Wanted to plug one more thing. Be sure to listen to all the great podcasts we have going on. BSH Radio, checking out the competition. BSH Brief. Uh, Bill Matz's post games, And, of course, the Flyers forecast. Craig and I preview the Flyers week ahead. And we are doing this every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, around that area of the week. So uh, look for that early in the week. Fly probably later on. It's a nice... 30-ish minute. I think we've been averaging about 35 minutes a show. So, yeah. uh, you know, about a quarter of the average flight probably. Yeah. A th- a third. <laughs> I would say a third. Yeah, it's just a little holdover until the next flight probably. All right, guy. That's all we got. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!